This message is brought to you by DoNotAge.org, the longevity research organisation that's on a mission to extend health span for as many people as possible via products that actually work. Start your journey today at DoNotAge.org and use code LAMA for a 10% discount. That's L-L-A-M-A. Hello everyone, welcome to Llama Live. And if you've got a, a better suggestion for a title, please let me know. Llama is Live Long and Master Aging, a podcast that focuses on the science and stories behind human longevity, purposeful aging, and well-being. We're here live on Twitter Spaces, a relatively new platform that is still finding its way. And if you're here live, you've figured it out. Congratulations. And if you're listening later via the podcast, well, thank you for downloading. The idea is that we're going to have 30-minute maximum conversations that will focus on a specific subject that's relevant to healthy ageing. I don't talk too much about reversing ageing. I prefer to look forwards and embrace the process while staying as healthy as possible. And with that in mind, I want to talk today about the concept of health span. I use it a lot. Others do as well in this space. That's the longevity space. And I really just want to kick around some thoughts on why it's important, what it means, and why health span is relevant to everyone. If you want to join in, and I hope you do, you can request on your screen to speak and control your own microphone. This conversation is being recorded. It'll be published later on today as a Llama episode, and you'll be able to hear it wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll post a link in this Twitter feed and, of course, on the Llama website. So, HealthSpan. We all know about lifespan, the number of years that we're alive and in the Western world, that's about 79 at the moment, 79, 80. Health span is the number of years that we enjoy optimum health. In other words, when we're free from the typical diseases that affect many people, usually over the age of about 60. In fact, I've seen various calculations that put the average health span of people in the United States at around 62 or 63. And that's because those serious degenerative conditions like heart disease, stroke, cancers, lung cancer, colorectal cancer, breast and prostate cancers being the most common. Alzheimer's as well uh, often starts to affect people in their 60s. Type 2 diabetes also on the list, and that can often for many people occur at a much younger age. Living with these diseases can in many cases mark the end of someone's health span. Now, as we often discuss on the podcast, it is much we can do to prevent or at least delay the onset of these diseases and in doing so, extend our health span and the years, to put it bluntly, when we can enjoy life. We can grow older, we can continue to contribute to society, we can share our wisdom. And the thing I hear most is we can be around as we get older for our children and for our grandchildren. So I'm keen to hear your thoughts. Perhaps you've got a different definition why a greater understanding of health span could be hugely beneficial to people from all societies, walks of life, age groups. And I think the biggest challenge is getting younger people to appreciate what it is and what it means to them. So we will get underway. And this is the point where my Twitter technical skills are going to be challenged a little bit. You can request to speak on your screen. You can put your mic on. I suggest you put it off when you're not speaking and we will see where we are going to go. Uh, Dr. Jonathan Sullivan, Sully to his friends, is with us. And uh, Sully is going to be a guest. Uh, actually, the next episode of the podcast, Sully will be talking to me at length about his work. Uh, Jonathan, hello. Hello, Peter. 
Good to talk to you again. For the benefit of others listening, just tell us who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Jonathan Sullivan, and like you said, uh, I'm sorry to my friends. Uh, I'm hoping that you can hear me, Peter. This is my very first experience with Twitter. That's probably the most important thing to tell people about me. Yeah, you're not you're not alone there, and I can hear you very well. So thank you. All right, good. Uh, I'm um, an emergency physician by training. Uh, before that, I was a U.S. Marine. I worked for about 25 years at a level one trauma center in Southeast Michigan, Detroit Receiving Hospital. And I was also uh, an associate professor of emergency medicine at Wayne State University. And I have a PhD in physiology. And for a long time, I did research on brain injury and repair. And that got me interested in molecular mechanisms of aging. And my experiences in the emergency department got me interested in the degenerative diseases of aging. And my own status as a rapidly aging dude got me interested in how to extend my health span. Excellent. And that's that's what we're going to talk about uh, when we meet each other in the podcast next week. Uh, and we go into a lot of depth there. So thank you for joining us o- on this. Let's go straight to the heart of the matter. Health span. What does it mean to you? Well, our lifespan is our lifespan. And, you know, however many years we have, according to the fickle finger of fate and our own genetic endowment, is is what we have. And I want to spend as much of that time, and I want other human beings to spend as much of that time, vigorous, happy, productive, physical, and above all, just healthy. Uh, so you call it the health span. I call it the health span too. The other concept that gets bandied about a lot in the literature of healthy aging is the idea of compression of morbidity. We're all going to die. So we all have a certain, you know, death span at the end of our lifespan, uh, a period during which our morbidity will accelerate and catch up with us. And eventually we all go down into the dark, but we would like for that to be as small a sliver of our lifespan as possible. So for me, the goal is to be vigorous, alive, productive, engaged, um, fully actualized as a human being um, until I just drop dead. I mean, you know, or just switch off like a light. I want to be healthy for as long as possible, and I want the dying part of my life to be as brief and as non-traumatic as possible for me and those who love me as possible. So to me, that's what health span means. And to me, that is a, a long health span, a short death span, uh, the maximal compression of morbidity, that is a model of successful aging. That's what it means to me. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And I think that the idea of compression of morbidity is, is a great one. Just think of the word compression, getting to a smaller space, those number of years when you may not be in the best of health, but it's a very short period of time before you die. And the later in life that that comes, obviously, for the better. Jonathan, j- just hang on a sec. I'd like to certainly encourage this to be a conversation and bring in Stefan. Stefan's Twitter is love to move. Stefan, that's the name of your company. And again, we're going to speak at more depth in an upcoming episode of the podcast. If you're listening and just want to pop on your microphone, it would be good to hear your definition of of what Hellspawn is. 
Uh, thank you, Peter. Yes, for me, it, it's interesting, given that I'm a, a doctor of physical therapy, uh, it's funny how my definition is maybe slightly different. Uh, for me, I think overall is waking up happy and with joy when, when I am waking up, the willingness to get out of bed, and then going to sleep, not upset and exhausted from the day, but actually enjoying my day, and throughout the day, enjoying movement. I think the more and more that I notice that uh, how much I can move and how happy I am while I'm moving, not groaning and moaning, it really reflects so many of the other systems within the body of how they are treating me and, and how all of that is feeling. And another point on lifespan versus health span in that sense is it kind of feels that uh, our lifespan, it's sort of inevitable. As the years go, the number keeps ticking and we're going closer and closer to that mark. But with a health span, even if perhaps you're not in peak health right now, you can change that perhaps a lot easier than your actual age right now, which is only going to be going up. I think that's interesting. You, so you have a more of a, a today idea of what health span is all about. And, and clearly, I think the traditional definition is is looking more long term. But I absolutely agree with you as well that uh, clearly there's no point in looking long term if we're not fit and healthy and enjoying life right now. And that is, as you put it, from the point that we open our eyes to the point that we go to sleep at night. And I suppose that could be used as a, a model of the rest of our lives. If we are fully engaged and, and feeling fully healthy and contributing to our our world and the people around us within a day, that's essentially what we want to keep doing, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think that the longer that I could do that, and perhaps as I see more and more of this vitality and even so he said vigor, a vigorous life, yes, the more and more that I can see that within myself and every day, that tells me that I'm on the right point. And of course, days and days make great uh, data points. And then it could be more and more as long as months that progress. And of course, every day can't be perfect. It doesn't mean that my health span has immediately deteriorated. And one issue, and I mentioned it as I was introducing just a, a few moments ago, one that actually really bothers me is the fact that many people don't understand what health span means, but especially younger people. And I think there's a an idea amongst younger people, and I'm talking teens, early 20s, 30s, that aging isn't something that's going to affect their lives, at least just yet, and, and therefore really don't give it any thought during the day or or even during their year, until they get to a certain age when they suddenly feel old because they've noticed a grey hair. And my concern is that if, if only more and more people at a younger age could really appreciate the, the concept of, of health span, what a, a healthier society and what a healthier lot we will be. Absolutely. Um, I think it's been mentioned a few times on the podcast as well, that, that feeling old. And there, there are plenty of jokes as I, I'm approaching uh, 30 plenty of jokes about, oh, you're 30 now, now you're old. But I mean, and I, I think there's so much to say about the feeling. So many of your guests on your podcast say how they truly feel uh, energized and invigorated, um, no matter what their actual age is. And uh, it, it's true. Definitely teens have this feeling of a vulnerability, no matter what they do. Uh, they'll, they'll just keep doing it that they can live forever. Um, but I think if we take it a day at a time, similar to what Sully said, you're going to die... Uh, going going at it full throttle and very, very happy. Yeah, Sully, I guess you must hear this a lot from people that come to you for the first time and that the first thing that they will talk about is is how they feel. And I guess mostly those are older people. And we'll continue this conversation in just a moment. 
Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG, and we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Mostly older people, but not all older people. Sometimes people have a precocious realization of what they need to do today in their 30s or in their 40s. I'm absolutely in agreement that HealthSpan is built one day at a time. And, you know, you get up to, because today's all you've got, Peter. Today's all you've got to build your HealthSpan or to build anything else that you're trying to get to in the future. We talk a lot um, in our content and in our book and to our clients about a physiological 401k, right? You're, you're saving muscle and bone and vitality for the future, but the future is what you build today. So I'm absolutely in agreement. Uh, uh, my days begin and end with movement because I agree 100%. Movement is... Movement is where my bliss resides, right? And expressing my mobility and my strength and my power and to begin and end each day with some movement and to have some movement in between. We build our future today. Today is all that we've got. And some people come to us in their 30s and 40s and they realize, hey, I have to start now. I have to start saving muscle and bone for my future today. In fact, I've already waited too long. I'm 35 years old. I'm 40 years old. I've been sedentary my whole life and I don't feel good about where I'm at today. Um, So we get started with them today. So it's it's interesting to talk about health span in the future and death span and compression and morbidity in the abstract. And, you know, just like it's when you're in your 30s, retirement is abstract, but you got to start working on it today. And what do you think can be done to embrace more people in their understanding of this concept? Someone once put it to me that phrases like health span are political buzzwords that are used perhaps by um, politicians or others in this longevity space that don't actually translate to, just to use the phrase, real people, ordinary people, ordinary people struggling with their everyday lives, their, their health struggles. What do you think can be done to, to get more people just to embrace this concept and perhaps live their lives accordingly with their own personal health in mind? Well, that's the six million dollar question, isn't it? Uh, you know how how do we how do we change the way people think about their daily lives and about their bodies and about their future uh, in a way, as you say, that isn't politically or culturally uh, tinged? Strength training, for example, seems to have you know it, it seems the the voices in the strength training community, and I'm as you know all about strength training. It seems to be dominated by a sort of a conservative dialectic. Uh, particularly in the United States. I'm not part of that dialectic. I like to say that strength isn't political. Fitness isn't political. Uh, It's not even really cultural. It's very, very personal. But how do we appeal to people and get them to come along and, and realize the importance of these matters? I wish I had a clean cut answer to you because if I did, you know, we, we would have a lot more 
success getting getting people to to come along with us i i don't know that's part of why i'm talking to you that's part of why i'm talking uh to these other people i'm trying to i'm trying to learn about this because how do, how do you get that message through i don't know peter um it's for me it's trial and error right now well it's why i'm talking to you as well and it's exactly why i'm doing this and I, my real aim is to try to build up a community of people who can regularly talk about these issues and then perhaps involve others, uh, their loved ones, their friends, just to try to build a, a bigger platform for, for a conversation because... I think what you're doing is critically important, Peter. I think you're making a huge contribution to your fellow man with this. Well, I, I'm trying, but it's it's sometimes a struggle. And it's certainly, and I, you know, in another part of my life, I work in the mainstream media, but I'm, I'm well aware that the mainstream ma media doesn't really embrace this subject. And it's sometimes a matter of ridicule aimed at those who are pursuing longevity and, and healthy aging, that you are in some way being extreme about the situation. I don't think there's anything extreme about this at all. I think it makes a lot of common sense. But uh, just in what you were saying there, Stefan, it just made me think, and we, we, you and I talk about this in our upcoming episode in uh, a little while, the fact that you're from Russia, you're not originally from America. And I'm just curious in terms of societal differences as it applies to to the issue of health span, health and fitness at a younger age. What, what are your observations? Oh, I, I, that's huge because it also depends on um, who you look at in Russia, because given that it was the Soviet Union right up until uh, 1991, there was obviously a, a different uh, political structure. And I know we said, how do we keep culture and politics out of this? Um, but it seems almost... Uh, seemingly inevitable, but so much of it was driven by that. So much of it was that, okay, um, given that um, kind of much more linear uh, structure of, of the political system, it's so much easier to say schools are going to have this regimented amount of physical work. And then um, healthcare is free to everybody, so you don't have to worry whether or not you can afford it. Um, it's more about you're going to get what it is necessarily that you need. And I don't necessarily want to turn this into a whole uh, political sort of aspect of, of, of this discussion, um, but I, I think it was generally just, we, we talked a lot about the kind of food that was given and sort of like the limited ingredients around the, the, the foods and things were more simple. And it was around just more of these wholesome activities of just, you just needed to be active to survive. You needed to eat a, a, a well-balanced, good diet as just, that was what's available. You didn't have a lot of um, processed foods and things like that. Um, so I think that would be the, the biggest difference. Yeah, I'm certainly with you in terms of not wanting to, to make this a political discussion. But then part of me thinks, well, it probably has to be because ultimately it's governments that can make a, a difference here. And if we look at the bigger picture and look at the positive benefits of a, of a good health span, that the fiscal, the financial benefits globally across populations is extraordinary. And we're talking trillions of, of dollars that could be saved on later in life healthcare. And, and with that in mind, clearly politicians have to embrace this. It's absolutely uh, huge. The, the, if you look at the amount of spending on healthcare over the course of a lifetime, it's a sort of a bathtub curve um, with a, a, a fair amount of spending early on and then throughout most of young adulthood, uh, spending on healthcare is relatively flat. And then particularly in Western industrialized countries, towards the end of life, 
it just takes off. It's just an exponential rise in healthcare spending. And I, in a career in medicine, I've seen where that money goes. And it, I'm glad that we can provide care to people at the end of life. But to a large extent, extent we spend a lot of money, people in the second half of life, making beds in a burning house people with advanced cardiovascular disease, people with advanced diabetes, type 4 diabetes, which is you know co- age-related cognitive decline, probably accelerated by metabolic syndrome and diabetes, and poor lifestyle choices. So we spend a lot of money in Western societies trying to, to tuck in people who have made poor lifestyle choices all their lives. And we're actually not doing those people a terrible amount of good. Um, so yeah, it, I, you're right. It is political. And uh, so not only individuals need to be educated about this, but I think policymakers need to be better educated about this as well. You ask, why does health span matter? Well, at the political and global le- level, it matters a lot because we are spending trillions and trillions of dollars and not getting a lot of bang for our buck in Western societies. That's why it matters. And I think a crucial point is that, of course, we acknowledge that diseases are going to still happen, that not all crippling diseases later in life are a result of, of bad lifestyle choices. Uh, sadly, there are, there are many things that can affect us during our lifetime. But, but the crucial point is that if we can save those trillions of dollars by not having to deal with the lifestyle-related diseases – there's money, hopefully, to put into scientific research. We've just gone through COVID. We know the amount of money that was thrown into to COVID to, to rapidly develop vaccines and, and rapidly develop an understanding of that disease. If only we had the same impetus behind some other awful diseases. I'm thinking of Lou Gehrig's and, and things like that, that are, are really awful and can affect younger people as well. That's where the money should be being spent, surely. Couldn't agree more. I, I think there's there's definitely a big portion to that. And the issues that we have, especially with this kind of bathtub curve, is that we are now, and even more and more, conditioned to this almost instant gratification aspect of it. It is harder to tell teens and younger people to, hey, you need to watch out for your health. You need to, as we've bundled, tell, uh, check your posture and make sure that you don't have a bad posture as you're sitting um, for a longer and longer life and health span because it's, it's that input way ahead, exactly like Sully said, for like the 401k for your body of physiology to prepare you for that. And once people get to the bad part, once they have these chronic uh, diseases, then they want a quicker fix. And it seems that the healthcare costs and the quicker fixes end up costing that much more. Um, so, and that comes back to culture. Um, it has to be kind of ingrained into it so that we're taking this sort of movement and healthy lifestyle, quote unquote, medicine and making sure that we're keeping up with this all through the years. And do you think what we've just got through, what we're continuing to go through with COVID-19, has helped to focus minds at all? Or do you think memories are short? And we've all learned a lot about everyday health. And we know and we understand that if you have underlying conditions, if you're obese, you're more likely to fare badly from the covid infection. Do you think that message has got across or as we emerge out of this this nightmare that we've all gone through that people will very quickly move on and perhaps not change their lifestyles? 
I would honestly answer a little unfairly and say yes and no, because I feel that I definitely have seen many people realize they need to be healthier and that we have how much diet, uh, even just diet affects uh, the result of COVID-19. Um, and then along with just having a, a strong uh, cardiovascular system. But then there have been others where it's normal to gain weight over the pandemic and over the lockdown. And there's been the COVID-15 of where you're gaining your 15 pounds over it. Uh, my hope, my optimistic hope is that there are more people that are doing uh, the first and, and, and that are, are thinking about it being a healthier part. Uh, but I think there's more and more that we have to question about how we do things overall in terms of um, where COVID-19 originated, how much it was spread. That goes beyond just the uh, healthy habits. And Sully, what have you noticed in terms of your clients and the people you deal with every day? Has there been a yearning for maybe just more information or a greater impetus to do something every day to improve the underlying health conditions that people are experiencing? Well, yeah, my clients, they understand that they've got to build their physiological 401k. And there was a very clear, explicit understanding on the part of my clients that they were better prepared for this pandemic because they were stronger, they were more fit, they had better diets, they they knew what their health metrics were. But as to your question, no, I think people have short memories. And if you look at what's been said across the political spectrum and in the media about the COVID-19 pandemic, the emphasis has been on vaccines and masks and social distancing and, you know, ivermec the ivermectin controversy and so on and so forth. And I'm not going to speak to any of that stuff, but you haven't heard a whole lot about exercise. You haven't heard a whole lot about diet and sleep and, and just maintaining your regular fitness. It's important for us to remember what fitness is. Fitness is the capacity of an organism to meet the demands of its life and environment. And that includes the challenges of, of the life and environment. And COVID-19 is just such a challenge. And this is, this is what our future looks like as the world becomes increasingly globalized and interconnected and population densities continue to grow. This is not the last pandemic we're going to see in our lifetimes. So the emphasis has been, as always, on medical interventions and miracle pills and vaccines and stuff. And I'm glad that we have all that stuff but there hasn't been a lot of talk about what we can do in our daily lives to make us more resilient and harder to break. So the classic thing that you see is an emergency physician is somebody comes and you tell them, look, you've got, you've got diabetes and you've got subclinical heart failure. And the patient will look you right in the eye and say, well, can't you just give me a pill? No, I can't just give you a pill. Um, that's not the kind of medicine that you need anymore. Uh, and, uh, so I'm sorry to say that I think I think that memories are short and we haven't necessarily learned the lessons of this pandemic yet. I think one piece that I would I would love to add to it is so many people are getting burned out in, in terms of short memories, even of just COVID-19 and just the pandemic. Um, it is so many people that I hear now are just going, I don't care about wearing a mask or uh, it's just too much. Uh, and there is a lot of burnout happening. COVID fatigue. Yeah. 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 I think we're going to wrap it up here. 
I want to thank you both, uh, Stefan Zevlon and Dr. Jonathan Sullivan, Sully, to his friends and to us. Thank you for joining us. And uh, I hope we can do this again. I'm planning to have these conversations every week. And what I'm hoping to do is, is nurture a community of regular contributors. So I really would love to see you back again. And the range of topics that we can discuss is infinite. Why is sunlight important as we age? What's the point of strength training? Do we really need supplements, minerals, vitamins, proteins, carbs? Why we should walk more? Why 10,000 steps? Why not 12,000 steps? Why not 8,000 steps? Why is it important to have a lot of friends? Maybe it isn't important. You get the gist of the kind of things that uh, indirectly or directly affect our health span. And those are the kinds of conversations that I'd like you both to be involved in. And uh, please tell your friends and and tell others that that listen to this podcast that I think, and it really goes to the heart of what I was saying, that I think to get things moving, to get people thinking about these issues, we need to have the conversations. So uh, thank you both very much indeed. It's been a pleasure, Peter. Thank you. And thank you for being here today or for downloading the podcast. I hope we'll talk again. And bye for now. FlexBeam is a portable red light therapy device that's now being used by leading athletes, including the Norwegian tennis player Kasper Ruud. Whenever you put the FlexBeam on, you feel it starts to work right away. I need something that can help repair all the fibres that I have broken in the surfs. The infrared lights penetrate your skin and makes the muscle tissue recover faster. FlexBeam, I keep it with me all the time. Recharge Health is offering Llama Podcast listeners an $80 discount on the purchase of a FlexBeam device. Go to the website recharge.health and use the code LLAMA at checkout. That's L-L-A-M-A. You'll also find the link in the show notes for this episode.